Hey everybody, welcome back to the Black Autumn Coffee Podcast. And today we're going to start things off a bit different, and we're going to start doing this in the future, but we're going to highlight some coffees. Um, and today we're going to be highlighting one coffee, making it, trying it, giving you my opinion on it before we get into the full episode and start talking about some stuff. So today we're going to be making a coffee from Crema Coffee Roasters here in Nashville. This is a Rwandan. It's washed a red Bourbon. Amazing coffee. Like this one is absolutely delicious. Had some like some of it on espresso the other day. It is so so good. Uh, we're gonna be making a pour over with it today. So we'll go ahead and hit our kettle on, and we're gonna be brewing this one at. We're gonna turn it down to 195. We'll get that water going that's right here, and we're gonna be grinding the coffee as well. So let's get all of our stuff out. I basically want to just show you guys some coffees that I've been trying, make some coffees, as well as like teach you some recipes. So like. Tell you the recipe that I'm doing for this coffee so you guys can make some great pour overs at your house. So for this specific recipe, we're going to be using 22 grams of coffee. And on the fellow ode that I have right here with Gin 2 Burrs, we're going to be grinding it on 2.2 on the grinder. This coffee just smells unreal. Like it smells so, so good. And for this brew, we're not going to be using a normal V60. We are going to be using this Loveramic stripper that I got. It is ceramic and has these like ridges on the outside. Now, I haven't really found many like advantages of using this of like, this is so much better than a V60, like crazy advantages. The only advantage I can really find is that when you use a normal V60, the water and coffee will climb up the filter because there's nothing stopping it. These ridges progressively get bigger as they go higher. So it stops the coffee and water from rising up the filter and more holds everything down. So you get every single gram ounce of water and coffee that you put into this dripper. So that's why I love this dripper. And it looks really cool with the really heavy, high quality like brass metal that it has right here that it sets on with the rubber gasket, which actually helps keep it, which is something that I think the origami didn't do good is having something to hold the dripper into place because this is the same mechanic as the origami just as a different dripper but that's what we're going to be using as dripper today and for anybody curious it does use regular v60 filters for o2 so we're going to be using the o2 filter for it which is pretty nice so you don't have to buy separate filters for it um i'm a big fan of the filters and the drippers that just use the regular v60s because i hate having to buy additional filters and have like stacks and stacks of different filters um so it's really nice that they uh, did this for this one so for this specific recipe, we're going to be doing 1 to 15 ratio, meaning 1 parts coffee, 15 parts water. And it's a bit of a stronger cup of coffee than people usually do, but 1, one to 15 is like my favorite. I love 1 to 15 coffees. Some people think they're too strong. I think they're perfect. They're right at the middle. Um, it doesn't use a lot of water, so you're not drinking like a huge 32-ounce cup of coffee, but you're just drinking a standard-sized cup of coffee. So for this specific 1 to 15 recipe, obviously we have 22 grams going in. So according to the calculator over here, we're going to have 328.50 milliliters of water coming out. So we're going to aim around 330 is going to be our target for this. So we'll go ahead and start pouring and let's try some of this coffee. All right, our 331 is our official draw out time. We'll set this to the side. And let's try some amazing crema coffee. Wow. It's so dark, almost like a plum sweetness from it, which I think is one of the tasting notes in the bag. Um, and as it degasses, I think I, I keep tasting more and more of the plum. It's like a dark stone fruit kind of taste almost, um, which is a little bit controversial considering coffee is a stone fruit. But, you know, it's like a dark stone fruit 
That's not coffee because coffee is not like a dark stone fruit. As far as I know, I'm pretty sure it's a, I don't even know if dark stone fruit's a thing. That's how I would describe this coffee though. It's very rich. All right, we'll be sipping on this through the episode, but now what you guys have been waiting for, let's get into the Black Autumn Coffee Podcast. So today we're going to be covering something that I have recently been looking at and kind of looking at the sustainability almost um, because people have been talking about this and certain products have been coming out that we're going to mention today that might be taking this to a point of is it even necessary anymore and that being RDT. Now, RDT stands for Rosh Droplet Technique. For anybody who doesn't know, it's basically spritzing your water with something like this uh, or spritzing water on your beans before you put it into your grinder. Now, people are probably like, well, doesn't that just like build up moisture into your burrs and rust? You know, so it starts building moisture and then it's going to start rusting all the like metal parts that are in there. Um, and it's, it's a lot deeper than that. It's not just water, coffee. It just does something better. People really don't understand what it does. And I feel like it's necessary that people know what it does. And also, what products are taking it over right now and almost making it, is it even necessary to spray water anymore? Is it, is it necessary to risk too much moisture like coming up into your burrs, which it's not even that much moisture as long as you're not like flooding it with water. One spritz of water won't build moisture. Um, and even two spritz probably won't even start to build moisture. Once you get into like three and four spritzes of water, you're going to start building too much moisture and you're not even going to get the perfect grinds out because the water is going to start extracting already and you're not even like brewing, you know? So you're not going to get every single element that you want to get out of it. Um, but what really is it? And what's like the true definition? So I looked it up over here. Um, and what the, the definition of it is, is it's a hack that people have found when grinding your coffee beans with an electric grinder and people mainly do it when it becomes messy and when they're using it on the grinder and grinds are going everywhere, too much static. Um, and the technique, it involves spraying or adding a droplet of water to your coffee beans to reduce static loaded coffee grinds and grind retention when single dose grinding. So let's take this grinder right here for example, the Fellow Oat. I use uh, RDT on it because if I don't, there's so much that builds up and gets stuck up in here in the chamber and almost where the grounds come out, you know, it all gets stuck up in here and I'm not getting what I put in out. So if I were to put 20 grams in my little dosing tray right here and put it in here without spritzing it, I would probably only get like 19 and a half grams out or maybe even less than that. Cause this grinder with gen one burrs and no RDT, it has a lot of static and a lot, a lot. And it's almost like, like unnecessary really annoying almost like you have to clean it every other time you use it because there's so much grinds built up on it and the retention on that as well is absolutely horrendous it's i'm not like sitting here just dogging on ode but like the fellow ode but like seriously it, it gets kind of crazy and it's like well what's even the point i'm just wasting coffee you know like this isn't even getting what i want out of it I'm putting coffee in and not all of it's coming out. So it seems almost pointless to do, right? Yes, to an extent, it does seem pointless to not RDT. And something that costs like $2 and you already have water, obviously, if you're using this much water, you can afford to use one spritz of water, which is hardly nothing. So, I mean, it's very cheap, very cheap way to fix it and very cheap solution. Um, but there's non-cheap non solutions that are coming out that we are gonna cover in just a little bit, but let's stick on the water here. Um, now, while doing this, it does make the grinding and the 
like washed coffees come out of your electric grinder much cleaner, much smoother. Um, and there's a school of thought that highlights that using RDT removes more particles from your grinder. So it's like negative when you're switching from espresso to filter um, because you're going to experience more of the particles come through. And now obviously you're trying to get less fines and more even grinds come through. So it, it does negatively affect, but I don't think it would be that much um, from experience. I don't think it's really that much. Um, so I, th I think you're, you're fine. It's not going to like destroy your grinder and absolutely mess with your fines that are coming out of there and make an uneven extraction. It's not that bad. Um, but I think what's even worse is not RDTing and not getting even fines that are out of there. Um, but coffee fines obviously can be an issue. And when grinding without RDT and then using RDT, people did experience more fines present in their ground coffee and were able to taste it in their cup of coffee. So when going from not to using it is going to affect the taste in your cup. And if people, obviously this isn't me, I'm, this is an article um, and research that I did, but people did taste a distinct difference. Now like this cup that we just made right here, um, I did RDT and I've never used these Gen 2 burrs without RDTing. I RDT every single time. Even when seasoning these burrs, I RDTed uh, just to make sure that I wasn't getting anything stuck in there. And because I researched this before I got my Gen 2 burrs as well. So I think knowing the fact that you either do it and keep consistency or you don't do it and you give up your consistency to not do it. Now, there's no reason that you shouldn't even do it because in the first place, like you definitely should be RDTing. Now, it, it's to the point where I think not using RDT is costly and is going to cost you more. Um, and I think it's going to cost you even more like this, switching from RDTing and not RDTing. And there's no difference to do it and then not do it. That's When I was researching this, I was kind of confused. Why would people do it and then not do it? Like, do they just do it and be like, this, these aren't the results that I want. You know, these are not, I don't want these results in this. I don't want no retention. I don't want no static. Like, I could understand it when I was reading it and researching it. So stick to RDT or don't stick to RDT. Um, I would definitely suggest stick to RDT because it will help so, so, so much in your retention and your static and overall keeping your area clean. The only little spots and speckles that I have on here of coffee right now are coffee chaff. And that's just like, that's gonna happen. That's all that's up here too, is there's a little bit of coffee chaff, but at least it's not a bunch of coffee because I don't even have pictures or videos to show you. I wish I did, but it is ridiculous how much coffee would get stuck up in there when you don't RDT. And that's just on this grinder. Obviously this is a more um, home budget kind of friendly grinder, nothing like really crazy. When you get into like the DF83 and the new Time World grinders, you're going to want the longevity and lifetime of your grinder to last as long as it can. And RDTing is going to help with that. And you're going to keep the inside clean without having to take apart the inside, take the front plate off and everything to keep the inside clean. The RDTing is going to help keep the inside clean as well as a bellows. Obviously, this is completely off topic and has nothing to do with RDT, but this helps so much, at least in this grinder. And it's not even meant to have a bellows. This is like 3D printed lid that somebody has made and then put a rubber bellows and a, a metal lid on this. But this helps so much. And if you're not, if you don't have a bellows, I would highly recommend getting one. Um, obviously, there's an anti-popcorn thing right here. So it's not pushing like a lot of air down into there and pushing stuff out. But when I hit this, sometimes I'll get a few beans that are still stuck in there and haven't been grinded 
they'll grind. And think about if I didn't have this and I wasn't already seeing how much would get stuck inside of there. So then my next brew, I would basically have to purge beans inside and you'd have to purge beans before every time to get everything out of there to make sure you're getting a really clean, even cup and not getting your last coffee into that same cup. It's, it's almost like a, a no brainer. Like, why would you not get it? You know, why would you not? Um, now let's talk about the moisture that I went to earlier. Um, moisture will affect your burrs and too much spritz and too much water will very well start to build up moisture inside your grinder, which is going to affect your auger. It's going to affect your motor and it's going to affect your burrs. And without a auger motor and burrs, you don't have a grinder. That's literally the three main things of a grinder that will make it up. That's the three only things of a grinder that make it up is those three things. So without those three things, which moisture is going to destroy piece by piece and slowly, slowly, it's going to destroy all three of those. You're not going to have a grinder. So make sure that you're not flooding your beans when you're already teeing because that's going to absolutely destroy them. And it's just, just one spritz is all it takes. Okay. One spritz is all it takes. Don't do more than that. Okay. Seriously, don't do more than that because you're going to regret it. And it's going to cost you a lot coming up in the future. Um, I wanted to cover, I know the topics lately have been sustainability, and I think it's very important in the coffee industry is how sustainable is this idea and technique, and can we sustain it for a long time? Is it is it costly? Is it going to affect everything in the future? Uh, how sustainable is it? Now, RDTing has been around for probably, I'd say, a decade, probably 10 to 12 years. I've gotten more popular in the last five years, 100%, but like, it's very sustainable. I think it's uh, the sustainability of it is to last forever. I don't see this ever dying out. Now, yes, I do see it like declining in people that are using it and uh, you know, people not using it as much, but I still think it's always gonna be present and people are always gonna prefer RDTing over anything else. Now, RDTing is probably the easiest and cheapest way to reduce your like static and everything, but there's stuff that's taking over RDT and you're not gonna believe it and it's gonna sound absolutely insane to you and you're not even gonna believe what I'm about to say, but Negative ions are taking over RDT. So let me let me put this picture in your mind, put this diagram, this graph in your mind. Um, basically, when you're grinding coffee, what comes out of your little chamber down here and what comes into this cup, when it starts coming out of here, it's positively, like positively ions. I can't think of the word to put in, positively charged, that's what I'm looking for. Positively charged ions are coming out of your grinder when like, producing your coffee now what for my i can tell not a lot of people have done a lot of research on this that i can find on the internet um mostly why it's positive when it comes out is because you put it in it's negative but when you hit that button down here to start the grinder well, the second they hit the burrs it's causing friction which is causing energy which is causing positive ions and positive energy so when your grinds come out they are positively charged and the reason they stick to stuff up here because they're positively charged. So they're ready to hold on to anything else that's positively charged. So if your burrs and your motor and your auger are all positively charged, everything's gonna stick right here, how it always does if you don't RDT. Um, and so what people are making now, what Akaya has made, that's the only brand that I really know that's made a specific coffee related one, is a negative ion beam. And so it's like a little prop. You clip it on, it sets and it points at where your grinds come out. So you like put it down here and angle it right here and you turn it on, you can control it from your phone, and it will shoot negative ions at your grounds coming out, and it'll go from negative to po positive to negative, right? So they'll go in positive, or go in negative, 
go through in the middle positive, and the second they start coming out, they'll get hit with negative ions, which will literally do the same thing as RDTing, but without RDT. So it's it's absolutely insane this is even a thing. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Um, Akaya is the future. Akaya is like researching stuff that nobody's even thinking of. So somebody at Akaya or somebody brought this to Akaya is super smart because they were thinking of, okay, why are the grinds not coming out evenly? Why are they really bad retention? And why is the static really bad? And you're like, well, it's negative and it's positive and then it's not going negative again, so it's just positively charging there. And another thing that you can tell when your coffee is very positively charged is in your stainless steel little dosing cup, you'll have little fines everywhere. It's kind of hard to see maybe, but in this cup right now, there's a, a pretty good amount of fines. And those are all going to be the positively charged ones. And you can see if I shake it like this, oh, two things that came out. That nothing comes out because it's positively charged and stuck to the metal inside this cup. And so that's what's going to start happening. It's all the little metal pieces and everything that stick here is the stuff that happens to be positively charged. Um, and so what RDTing does, when you spray it in here, you're going to want to evenly shake your beans inside. I did it earlier. You shake your beans, which gives all the beans a little bit of that moisture, which causes the zero retention, zero static, comes right out. Obviously, there's still going to be a little bit, which is what that's stuck in here. But I'll always clean that out before I start grinding or before I start brewing again, just to get all the grinds out of there and to stop the positive charge. Because if there's positive charge in here, it's only going to attract more positive charge. So as long as you're cleaning it after every use, I'm not saying go in and deep clean, take apart your whole grinder, but like as long as you're using it and making sure it's clean and making sure there's no positive charge stuff on it, you're not gonna get uneven grounds and you're gonna get perfect retention and perfect static every time to where it's what you put in is what you get out, nothing more, nothing less. Exactly what you put in is exactly what you get out. Now these things are, are, are pretty crazy. Um, let me let me give you the definition of what I found um, for positive ions and negative ions, just so it gives you kind of an idea of what are ions, you know? Because I asked the same question when I was looking at this. Um, positive ions that are formed by atoms or molecules suffering an inelastic collision with an energetic electron in which an electron is lost from the atom or molecule. That is a lot to take in. Let me dumb that down for you guys and for myself. Positive ions are formed by molecules after getting hit with positive energy. That's the definition, basically. And so it makes sense to what I was saying earlier. They start out negative, and when they go in, they get hit with positive energy from the burrs and the friction, and then they come out positive. So they need something. What RDTing and the negative ion beams are are basically something to counteract that. They're basically counteracting positive charge and making it negative charge to get into your cup and have perfect grinds, perfect finds, everything like that. So it, it's kind of crazy that this is even a thing right now. Um, and negative ions obviously are atoms and particles that haven't been through negative or positive charge or haven't been through any sort of electrical charge. Um, so like these beans that are sitting in this bag right now, if I were to open this, everything that's sitting in this bag, these beans are all completely negatively charged. Nothing in them has caused friction or even made anything yet. But the second I pour them into this grinder right here, and now I did not already tee that. Obviously, as you can see, we're going to hit the start button right here. It's going to grind. And then if we look right here, there's grinds everywhere. They're all sticking to the bottom of the thing. And there's a pretty good amount of grinds right here too. It's kind of hard to see. Um, and if you're not watching the video, you can't really see. But it's it's really necessary. 
and now I have positive charged right here. Obviously, they're not like positive charged enough to make like electricity or anything, but they are some, you know, positively charged grinds. It's uh, it's pretty cool to see too, um, and it's pretty cool to think that these are all positively charged um, until they get hit with a negative energy, which would be those negative ions or anything that's that's negative towards the beans into the grinds will cause it. And I'm not talking negative like mean or anything like that, but like negative in a way of the, the charge that's touching it is negative. So I don't know if there's really a way to make the charge inside of here negative. So then they come out and they hit negative, which obviously is going to like, you know, not help with them coming out, which won't do anything. Um, but with the ones that hit in here, they'll all be negative. And I think maybe a spritz of water would help that. But obviously, you don't want to put water where your grinds are coming out because then it's going to start extracting and you don't want it to start extracting yet. Um, but yeah, that's a, a, a pretty cool example of they set negative in here. But the second I hit that power button on and the second they come in contact with those burrs that are probably warm since I just brewed. Um, they're not hot, definitely, but they're like probably warm. It's going to immediately charge them and they're going to come out charged unless a force hits them that's negative. So the negative ions, boom, which negative ions are also called anions. Um, and the definition of those are formed in attachment processes in which an additional electron is captured by an atom, molecule, or cluster. They can also be formed when a molecule or cluster disassociates. So I was thinking earlier, it, coffee goes through a lot of positive and negative charges. The beans themselves, the green coffee when you get them, are negative. Not charged, not by anything. And the second they make contact with your drum roaster or any roaster or any heat source, they're positively charged. And they're not going to be negatively charged until you start cooling them and it's going to pull that, that positive charge out of them. They're going to be negative again and they're not going to be positive again until you touch your grinder right here and they start grinding. But in this bag, obviously, they're going to be negative. So it's it's a, a wave and I think, I'm not like 100% sure, but I believe that the negative to positive like change has effects on the coffee. Now, I'm not entirely sure about what effects it does have, but I'm pretty sure it affects your coffee. Obviously, it's not going to be like, oh my gosh, we positively charged this three times before we grind it. So, or before we gave it to you to grind. So it's perfect and it's, it, you, this helps the flavor. No, it's, it's not none of that. It's not going to change the flavor like that. But I think it does have something to do with the whole process and how our coffee tastes because that positive effect of heating it in the heat source gives it its flavor and helps bring out its flavor because it's positively charged. And the positive charge effect and like the result of that is first crack, second crack, and hopefully not third crack. You don't go to that. But, you know, the cracks in coffee when roasting is the effect of positive charge. So it gets so much positive charge, takes out so much moisture, boom. That's a positive reaction. Um, so a lot of this is science-based and a lot of coffee is science-based. Um, but let's talk about the sustainability of the negative ion beamers. I think the sustainability of those is a lot less than RDT. And I don't think it's going to be around for as long as this because this is water. Water is always going to be around. Earth is pretty much made of water. This is never going to leave us. But you know what is going to leave us? $150 for a little thing that you put on the side of your grinder to charge it when you can literally buy a $4 bottle and use this right here. So, you know, that's the sustainability issue with the negative ion beams is for the price, $150 or $100 or somewhere in that range, is it really worth it? If you're having horrible static, I mean... You drown your coffee in this, put it into your grinder, and it will not. Like, the static is insane. Like, I mean, shooting static across your room. And maybe the negative ion is going to help. Maybe. But at that point, get in your grinder. Um, I don't think the sustainability for the negative ions is anywhere close to what the sustainability of this is going to be. Um, this is always going to be around, like I said. There's no way we're ever going to run out of this. 
and it's a glass bottle. Like I said, $4 maybe at most. Amazon probably has it for like a dollar. It's so cheap and so easy to do. It takes zero extra time. And for this, you have to get on your phone. And this is the Akaya one is all through the phone. You have to, when you're brewing, get on your phone before you grind your coffee, turn it on and all that. So I think the sustainability could be better and may be improved on upon the future. But as of right now, I stick with RDT. There's no reason to have negative ion beams unless you're just like really wanting to try it. I, I was really close to buying it, but I'm thinking with good burrs and this grinder plus RDTing, I shouldn't even need one. And it's really, I think, unnecessary. I don't think it's that necessary. Now, it's cool, the science behind it. It's really cool, but I think it's just unnecessary. That's really what I wanted to cover this episode is the RDT and the sustainability of it and the longevity of it. So I hope you guys did enjoy talking about some RDT and some negative ions. If you guys want to hear some more about this like scientific uh, RDT and stuff like that, please let me know on Instagram and I would be happy to uh, take any of your topics you guys want to hear on the podcast. So thank you guys for listening today. I hope you did enjoy. I'll leave Crema in the description so you guys can go check them out and buy some of their coffee. And if you want to research any of the Akaya Ion Beams, I'll leave a few links in the in like the description and the show notes that I used to make this research paper. So I'll leave that in the description for you guys to check out in case you're more curious. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace out.